Welcome to the Muscles and Veggies Fitness Podcast. This is where you get nutrition, health, fitness, performance, all perfectly packaged together in a bite-sized podcast to help educate and motivate you to stay on your fitness journey. This is a weekly show, a weekly coaching session with me, uh, and I hope that my clients, my listeners, everybody finds value from these weekly sessions that we do. Uh, this is actually a part two. So if you didn't listen to part one last week, that was called Why Everyone Should Care About Inflammation. And this is a part two. And this is basically my anti-inflammatory protocol or my anti-inflammation protocol. And basically what we're talking about here, if you listen last week, we're talking about how to heal at the cellular level. So the things that are inflaming our cells, the things that are damaging our cells and therefore causing us dis-ease in the body. And dis-ease comes in many shapes and forms and sizes. You know, when we talk about inflammation, it could be uh, anxiety, depression, um, you know, bad mental health. It could be gut disorders, IBS, Crohn's, colitis. Um, gas, bloating, nausea, constipation, diarrhea, acid reflux, and then the list goes, goes on in the gut. It could be your joints. It could be you're dealing with a lot of aches and pains and different things like that. It could be an autoimmune condition. Um, chronic inflammation over time drives autoimmunity. Uh, the body's so confused on where to put out the fire, it doesn't know where the, the immune system should attack. So inflammation comes in, in so many different shapes and sizes. And really, like I come to this from the stance of a personal trainer and to get people to the next level or to get people, I could only get them so far unless I started learning farther about cellular inflammation and how I could get people to go to the next level. Because really, when you think calories in, calories out and macros, that stuff only works with the healthy population, uh, people who are really, really unhealthy. Uh, they need deeper root cause type medicine or holistic medicine to be able to take them to the next level. And that's why we're talking on this show about inflammation and why everybody should care about it. So listen, um, here's what one thing that we have to understand in, in the context of inflammation. You think about a fire. A fire must have fuel and it must have air. Okay, but we're, we're primarily thinking about a firefighter is looking to take away the fuel source of the fire. Okay, so they do that in a number of different ways. And one of the ways they do, if you've ever seen firefighters, is they use tools to demolition or demo. And sometimes they'll even burn out places to take away the fuel for when the fire reaches that area, it dies out because they've already burnt out that area. Okay. So the reason I say that is because I want you to understand that um, for us talking about inflammation, we have a fire going on in the body and we have to take away its fuel source or its inputs that are driving that fire. And then we can get the body in an anti-inflammatory state. So primarily when you think about uh, inflammatory inputs to the body, what would you say is like the inputs that we put in day in and day out every day, right? Well, food and drink is probably going to be number one on the list. And so 
when I talk about inflammation with my clients or in uh, education seminars, I really talk a lot and spend a lot of time on the food and drink that we put into our body. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second. If we want to take away inflammatory inputs uh, to put out the fire, right? To starve the fire of its fuel source, then the first thing we need to focus on is eliminating processed foods and bad oils. Processed foods and bad oils, they kind of go together in the reason that bad oils are used as a preservative for processed foods. And that's why if you pick up almost any packaged food, uh, maybe you've got one sitting next to you right now, pick it up, look at it, and I want you to read what kind of fat is in that food, what kind of oil. Nine times out of 10, you'll see that it has some sort of vegetable oil, soybean oil, safflower oil, rapeseed oil, canola oil, um, let's see, bran oil, um, the, the list goes on, all of these bad omega-6 rich oils. And that's because they're extremely good preservatives and they'll allow packaged foods, processed foods to sit on the shelf for many years at a time uh, without going bad. Um, that is not real food. Think about an apple. Think about uh, some sort of real food. Could you leave it out on your shelf or on your counter for years and years on end? No stinking way. I'll give you a perfect example. If, in, if any of you have ever spent much time in a bakery, how well does like a fresh, a fresh baked loaf of bread usually last? Not very long. Okay. A couple weeks tops and that thing's getting moldy. Now tell me, how does white bread sit in the grocery store for months and months on end and never get moldy? Obviously, they're adding things to that bread to make it preserve so that they don't have to throw away 60% of the loaves of bread that they send to the grocery store. So processed foods are full of preservatives. If they preserve the food against bacteria, mold, fungus, virus that breaks it down, what do you think it's doing to you who are made up of a lot of different bacteria, primarily in your gut? is where the primary load of bacterial microbes are located. If it can't feed on that, it is decomposing and rotting in your system and, and it's causing inflammation. That's why processed foods and processed oils are so inflammatory for us. Uh, quick little research project. If you have time, this will uh, greatly speak to your mind about the, how inflammatory these oils are. I just want you to type in Google, and search for uh, omega-6 oils and heart disease. Omega-6 oils and heart disease. And I want you to read as much information as you can find about how omega-6 trans fat oils, bad oils, vegetable oils, are associated heavily with heart disease in all of the medical lit literature, okay? So let's talk about good oils for just a brief second, because I think we don't want to throw all oil out with the, the bathwater, so to speak. So primarily uh, anti-inflammatory oils, olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil. Uh, those are like your, your main three really good cooking and dressing oils. Okay. Avocado, olive, and coconut. Now uh, let's talk about blood sugar. So sugar, 
we talked about processed foods and bad oils. Sugar would be next on the list for inflammation. And primarily we're talking about added sugar, not the sugar you get from a cantaloupe or a watermelon or something like that. Added sugar. Why is that inflammatory? Well, because high blood sugar in the blood actually breaks down our red, our red blood cells and causes inflammation. Maybe you're familiar with what's called an HbA1c. It's a blood test. Everybody, every doctor has it done on their clients or patients to see uh, the level of their HbA1c. And the level of their HbA1c will tell them what is your three-month average of your blood sugar. Okay. Um, now, your three-month average of your blood sugar tells the doctor whether you're diabetic or not. And if you're not familiar with what an HbA1c test is, an HbA1c test measures the oxidative damage to your red blood cells over a 90-day period of time. So they look at, under a microscope, the damage to your red blood cells, and they can look at how much sugar you ate, basically, or how high your blood sugar has been over the last 90 days. They, that spits out a number, and that is your HbA1c. Why is that powerful? Because sugar in high levels is actually damaging our blood. Blood is the source of life. It literally is what does every single process in our body without blood. We're dead as a doornail right here on the spot. Okay. So uh, if sugar is damaging our blood, then it's causing inflammation. All right. The other thing to think about is sugar in the blood. Um, it acts in various ways, but if, if you think about sugar in its raw form, if you were to lick a sucker and stick it on the table, now that process, that, that sucker would stick and crystallize to that table. Okay. So what do you think that that sugar in your blood is doing? Small little crystals actually go through your arterial walls and scratch the lining of your arterial walls. That Scratching the lining of your arterial walls causes oxidative damage in the arteries and uh, actually raises blood inflammation as also known as uh, C-reactive protein or CRP. And um, in that process, then we also leave ourselves um, acceptable to calcium plaque buildup in those scratches, so to speak, in the arterial walls. This causes hardening of the arteries. This leads to heart disease. All right. So uh, you can really see how blood sugar in itself is such a, um, a crucial aspect of inflammation that we want to watch. Now, um, the next one on the list is wheat for most people, not for all people. Um, I don't uh, I used to believe that wheat should not be consumed by anyone. But further and further research, I've changed my tune on this. I do think that for most people, we'll say 80 to 90 percent of people. Uh, they should not be consuming wheat products on a regular basis, maybe once a month, uh, something like that. They can get away with it, but it raises inflammation in all people. It causes leaky gut in all people. This research was proven by a Nobel Prize winner, Alessio Fasano. If you want to look it up, you can look up his research and his Nobel Prize that he won on his research on celiac disease, which is People who have an autoimmune condition against uh, the gluten protein in wheat. And he proved that there was such a thing called non-celiac gluten sensitivity, or in other words, people who weren't, didn't have the genetic disease celiac, 
but they still created an autoimmune reaction or um, their body started attacking itself when they ate gluten. Okay. So um, I could go way into the details of why all the reasons that wheat is also inflammatory besides just people being uh, a, um, allergic to its protein gluten, but also because it's heavily sprayed with glyphosate, it's genetically modified. Uh, they get two crops a year instead of one crop a year out of the wheat, which uh, means they harvest it immaturely, which means it throws off the gluten to fiber ratio. It has more gluten and less fiber, and that all plays into the reaction that uh, most people have with gluten. Now, here's another thing is uh, just to speak on, on specifically the gluten topic is I can't tell you how many countless clients over the last decade that I've had that uh, took a CRP test on their blood work. And um, let's say it was like three to five, like 3.0 to 5.0, like somewhere in there, like a 3.7 or a 5.3, whatever it was, right? And they go 90 days without gluten. Um, and eliminating, you know, inflammatory foods, trying to limit dairy, things like that. And they come back and their CRP is underneath a 1.0, like a 0 0.3, a 0 0.6, a 0 0.7. Uh, it's not even 1.0. So they literally lowered their uh, C-reactive protein, the protein that's in the blood that signals inflammation in the blood uh, by multiple times over. Okay. That's the other reason that it's really proved to me that wheat is inflammatory for most people. Uh, I have not seen a person yet. I have not seen a person yet who cut wheat out and did not have a lower CRP. Okay. So that's why this is so powerful to me. I have not seen a person yet that went gluten-free and did not come back with less inflammation. Let that sink in for a second. Um, and anybody who tells you otherwise, show me the lab work, show me how much client data you have, show me how many research re years of research you have, uh, with your anecdotal client base and your, your clients to prove to me otherwise, because I would highly, highly argue, uh, that that coach or that person doesn't know what they're talking about unless they can show me the lab work. So I digress, but let's move on. Lastly, let's talk about alcohol because we, can't have this conversation. I know it's sad to say we all don't want to hear it, including me, but alcohol is inflammatory. How do we know that it's inflammatory? Well, for starters, you can die by consuming too much alcohol. <laughs> it's called alcohol poisoning. And we know we've heard of many people who have died from alcohol poisoning. Um, you can't say the same thing about wheat. I've never heard anybody uh, eat too much bread and die from it. Maybe there's a case out there if somebody wants to find it. But I do know that this is the case with alcohol. Why? Because alcohol is a toxin. It is literally a toxin. However, in small doses, just like many things, it can have a positive hormetic effect. Uh, this is why we see the studies about, um, the, you know, consuming wine in Italy and Greece and these populations that lived longer than other people um, that had a very balanced, moderate consumption of alcohol. Okay. But uh, we want to set boundaries with alcohol. And we'll talk about that in my uh, steps one through seven of the protocol. But here's the thing. Uh, 
the main thing that that alcohol is inflammatory is when it's done in combination with these other things like processed foods, bad oils and sugar, um, you know, with gluten at dinner, things like that, that it definitely makes it extremely inflammatory because you're having your body's having to process all these things at one time. And then alcohol on top of that, which, by the way, I know you guys have heard me say this like a 100 times, but if you consume alcohol with your food, your body will always prioritize burning the alcohol out of your blood before it, it burns those other calories. So what do you think it does with those other calories? Yes, you're correct. It doesn't waste them. You don't just pee them out or poop them out. You store them as fat for later use. The body is very efficient. Okay. It's not going to waste any calories. Um, it still thinks that we are out in the bush, so to speak, and that we need every calorie for later that we possibly might need. So next, if we've removed the inputs of inflammatory foods and drinks, and I guess we could also, before I move on, we could also talk about added sugars from the drinks that we consume. And this is like all the way from your Frappuccino at Starbucks, all the way down to your sodas, which everybody knows are bad. Um, and any of anything in between the sports drinks, soft drinks, sugary teas, anything with added sugar to it, it's going to hit your system super fast. And that sugar hitting your system super fast is going to raise your blood sugar super fast, which goes back to the HbA1c and damaging your red blood cells, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I just wanted to throw that in. But now that we've talked about the uh, removing the inflammatory foods again. We go through those processed foods, bad oils, sugar, and wheat and alcohol. Those are the five things that I try to get my clients to to remove or at least highly highly limit. Then we have to talk about next removing environmental chemicals and toxins. And I'm likely going to do an entire show on this because we're already 18 minutes into this show and I still haven't even got into uh, my seven steps for the protocol. So if you'd like me to do an entire show just talking about the environmental chemicals and toxins, um, get on Facebook or Instagram, follow Muscles and Veggies and DM me and say, yeah, I want to hear that show on the environmental chemicals and toxins. Where can we clean that up to lower inflammation and help ourselves be less inflamed? You can email me as well at musclesandveggies at gmail. Now, um, this show is probably going to run a little long today, so forgive me for that. But this is an important weekly coaching session right here where I'm giving away my protocol to live an inflammatory lifestyle. So let's jump right into this thing. After we have began removing the fuel from the fire, now it's time to, to throw some water on that fire. These are the seven most anti-inflammatory things that you can implement to live a, a de-inflamed anti-inflammatory lifestyle. Okay. Number one, you guys have heard from the very beginning of this podcast, I've always talked about uh, anti-inflammatory diet, specifically smoothie, salad, roasted. Yes, that's my own built plan of how to make this as simple as possible is you have a smoothie in the morning, you have a really big salad with some protein and olive oil at lunch, and then you have some sort of a roasted dinner. So roasted veggies with some sort of a wild caught grass fed free range high, good sustainability, 
uh, quality meat source or protein source, or even in a vegetarian source, if that floats your boat. But um, the smoothie salad roasted works for my clients really, really well, or some version of some people don't like the salad as much. They gravitate more towards the roasted. I have some people who do the roasted and they'll cook extra and then they'll put that in a Tupperware and have that for lunch the next day after their smoothie. There's so many different ways to do this, but what's the primary focus? We're focusing on anti-inflammatory whole foods, meat, fish, fowl, nuts, seed, fruit, veg meat, fish, fowl, nuts, seed, fruit, veg. If you like make that your mantra through your mind, um, these, this, these are the foods that are basically on the exterior of the grocery store. Everything on the center aisles is usually processed food. Everything on the exterior of the grocery store in the deli and the produce section, uh, et cetera, et cetera. These are all whole real foods. Okay. Uh, meat, fish, fowl, nuts, seed, fruit, veg. There's plenty of episodes you can go back and look and, and hear in detail just about um, the nutrition aspect of this. But for sake of time, let's move on to number two, the 12-3 rule. What is the 12-3 rule? We talked about this about four to six weeks ago on the show. The 12-3 rule is simply I don't eat for at least 12 hours of the day. So I fast for 12 hours of the day every single day, 24, <laughs> 24 hours a day or Three at 365, uh, no matter what, I do not eat in that 12 hour window. I'm always fasting longer than I'm feasting. And I promise you, this is one thing that if you're not already doing, if you implement this, uh, it's game changing and it will protect you for decades on end. You'll live longer. Uh, your body will have plenty of time to detox, process things out, including your blood sugar, which we talked about earlier. And then here's the other rule is the three. So 12 hours a day, no eating. That means your feasting window is less than your fasting window, preferably like 10 hours instead of 12. Um, but then the three part of the rule is you stop eating three hours before bed. Okay. So if you go to bed at 10, uh, don't eat dinner past seven, no calories after 7 p.m. Um, so that's the 12, three rule. Let's move on to number three, 10 to six or 11 to seven sleep routine. I cannot emphasize this enough. Sleep quality and duration is one of the most anti-inflammatory things you can do for your body and your mind. This is literally when our body and mind recovers from the day's activity is during our sleep. And I can promise you if you're skimping this or you are not getting good quality sleep or you're not getting enough duration of sleep, you are inflamed, P period, period. There is no question about it. Um, this is massively important when it comes to an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. And studies consistently show that 10 to 6 or 11 to 7 is uh, consistently aligned with a healthy circadian rhythm. That means that uh, we're getting the proper hormones at the proper times, metabolism functioning well, circadian rhythm is massively important. So um, if you haven't researched that, or uh, I highly recommend that you do some homework on that specific topic, 10 to 6 or 11 to 7 has been the most effective, highly shown sleep quality, circadian rhythm optimization for an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. Let's move on to number four. Monday, Wednesday, Friday resistance training, 
Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, focusing on hiking or 10,000 steps a day around the neighborhood, whatever it is, just around the house, whatever, 10,000 steps per day. So I'm going to say that again, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, simple resistance training, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, try to get 10,000 steps per day, low level activity, yard work, housework, gardening, uh, whatever it may be, try to get 10,000 steps a day. And here's a, here's a tip for the Monday, Wednesday, Friday resistance training. If you're confused on like how to get started with that, um, obviously there's personal trainers out there that can teach you how to, to do that. But really like this is way more simple than people realize. Uh, they have these things now at Planet Fitness and Fitness One and these different places that you can literally uh, do a 30 minute circuit training session. They're free. They come with your membership and you can just go in and do the circuit training and they, they rotate you around every 30 minutes. You do a full rotation. So I think that's pretty cool. I think it's a great idea. And I think it's an easy way for people to just get into resistance training and not have to learn a whole bunch or hire a trainer or whatever. Let's go on to number five, the three most anti-inflammatory supplements that I can get my clients started on. Of course, obviously we use thorn supplements because thorn is the best in the game. The Mayo Clinic uses thorn. The USA Olympic team uses thorn. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, NBA basketball team. I mean, it just list goes on and on and on. Thorn is the cream of the crop. Um, and we use magnesium before bed, vitamin D, and EPA and DHA, also known as omega-3s. Okay. So magnesium before bed, vitamin D, and, and omega-3 in the morning. And that omega-3 actually counteracts the negative effects from omega-6 bad fats bad oils that we talked about at the beginning of the show, the omega-3 actually negates the badness of the omega-6. So we want our omega-3 ratio to be in alignment. And that's usually about one to three. So one to three to omega-3 to omega-6 in that ratio. Now uh, let's move on to number six. Oh, by the way, um, thorn supplements, you can get 25% off the entire store for your magnesium, your vitamin D, your omega-3, simply just by going into the link in the description, clicking email, email muscles at gmail, and say, I want to join the client invite list. Send me the invite and I will send you an invite that you get 25% off the entire store all the time, not just once. That makes you a client of mine. So do that today if you haven't already. Let's go on to number six, alcohol boundaries, set alcohol boundaries. Uh, my clients and I, we do one to three drinks per week, never more than two at a time. And we try not to do that with food. We try to do it before food, or we try to do it a couple hours after food. But here's the thing is when are you going to do that? If you're not consuming any calories three hours before bed, most of the time, that means we try to consume our alcohol before dinner, an hour or two before dinner. Okay. Um, so let's go on to number seven, which I'm going to do a whole show on this, but it's simply just grounding, grounding and nature. And before you're like, oh man, he's like getting super tree hugging hippie here. Um, hear me out. I'm going to do a whole show on the research behind this, but studies have consistently shown that touching your bare skin to the earth really releases negative ions from our positively charged bodies. Okay into the ground, similar to our houses, have a grounding rod 
that if the lightning strikes, um, something catastrophic happens, it will send that excess electricity to our grounding rod into the dirt that absorbs that positive ions and not into all of our appliances, which fries everything. Okay. So I'm going to do a whole show on the anti-inflammatory effects that have been found on grounding. If you want to hear that show again, follow me on Instagram or Facebook, shoot me a message and say, I want to hear the show on grounding. I want to hear the research on that. Now, these seven things would dramatically change like 98% of people's lives and their, their health. Okay. Like almost everybody who is listening to this, these seven things would like completely flip your life over. You would lose weight, have more energy, uh, more vitality, You'd be glowing. You have higher hormones. Um, you have better immune system, uh, less anxiety, less depression. Like mood is better, and all of the above is why? Because you're lowering inflammation, and inflammation takes the burden off of the body. The body is no longer consumed with this huge raging fire that's going on inside, and it's always trying to put that out. So it has so much energy to focus on these resources all over the body to make them increased. This is why everyone should be focused on inflammation. And I think it sums up these two shows really, really well. It's simple to understand, but hard to execute. Why? Why is it hard to execute? Well, because most people don't practice long enough. They aren't consistent long enough. Uh, let's use the example of if I wanted to do a backflip on a bike, I've never done a backflip on a bicycle before, but if I wanted to do that, I would have to consistently practice and practice and practice. And then you would say, okay, it's reasonable to conclude that Zach may be able to do a backflip on a bicycle. But if he's not consistent and he just goes out there and just bikes around a little bit and he's like, no, I'll never be able to do this. And I, I, I quit. Um, then obviously, yeah, it's going to seem like this is insurmountable, but being consistent day in and day out, uh, that is how this process becomes something that's like, I got this. Okay. Like consistency and practice helps us to get better and better and better. And one way that you can stay consistent is to keep tuning into these weekly coaching sessions with me, keep supporting the podcast by using uh, the Thorn link keeps supporting the podcast by leaving me Google reviews, which, by the way, the link is in the description to if you haven't already left me a Google review uh, or leave me a review on whatever podcast player you're listening to. But by keeping tuning into these shows, uh, you're going to continue to get a, a mind reframing every week. That's what's so beneficial about coaching is to reframe your mind and set your focus on what you're truly after. Cause everybody wants better health. Everybody wants a faster metabolism. Everybody wants to be a little leaner. Everybody wants to have less mental health problems. So listen, hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, share this with somebody you love. And tell them when you share it with them, say, hey, look, I'm not trying to send any any messages like I think you're fat <laughs> or anything like that. I'm literally just sharing with this with you because I remember you saying, I need to do something. I need to do something about my health. Well, I thought you would like this guy. Um, he rambles a lot, but he's OK. So anyways, thank you guys for tuning into this show. I'm 31 minutes in. This is probably my longest show yet. Um, but seriously, go back, listen to this again. Take some notes on these seven things. Anti-inflammatory nutrition, the 12-3 rule, 
sleep between 10 and 6 or 11 and 7. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, resistance training, and then 10,000 steps per day on every other day. Magnesium and vitamin D uh, and omega-3 before bed. Limit your alcohol to one to three drinks per week, never more than two at a time, and get outside and do some grounding on a regular basis or like kick your shoes off and just go chill in the grass. All of these things will dramatically change about 98% of the people um, who listen to this show if you're not doing these things already. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. I'll see you next week with a brand new show.